0: Greetings and welcome to Just My Opinion. I'm your host, Ken Lambert. Uh, today, uh, we're going to have one of our specials and we're going to continue on with uh, my conversation with Jeremy Baudet about the uh, uh, midterm elections. Uh, in today's episode, uh, we talk about the silent majority and uh, where we're going to go from here. So uh, let's uh, pick right up where we left off.
1: This is another one of my modern-day theories. Let me ask you a question <clears throat> if I say the phrase silent majority who is the who was the silent majority Republicans Repo- but who were they who were what kinds of people were they if you were to, to picture close your eyes and picture a person of the silent majority in your head who is what are they what do they do what are I, they like
0: I I think they're less conservative yes um I think they're they're a very moderate you know' they're, they're there's the tweeners in the Republican are and they and they, they may not actually be Republican or Democrat. They may just be people who exist in the you know what I mean? They people, don't follow
1: politics. Yeah.
0: They just kinda exist in the, in this area of uh, you know, hey, um it, you know, I don't want things to be too expensive. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I want my kids to be able to go to a decent school Right. Crime. You right. Know, I don't want to yeah.
1: I want streets to be full of crime. You know, but
0: uh uh you know, and and they don't really give a shit who 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 the person is that's doing that. As long as it, you yep, know, it gets done. And, you know, and then uh, I I know so many people like that where they they have an opinion about as far as what they what they want or what they uh, like and what the uh, what they expect, mm-hmm. but they. Don't want to really mingle. Uh, they don't want to have to do anything to get involved with it. You know what? I don't want to have a political discuss- yep. discussion with you, Ken. I just, you know, as long, you know, I just want to be able to go to the grocery store and buy my food, get some gas on the way home, and uh, you know, have my kids uh, get a good education.
1: Okay, that is a great description of the silent majority from the 1970s and 1980s. That is not the silent majority today. The silent majority today is a young person between, I guess now we can say 16, because the next election will be in two years, someone between the ages of, let's say, 16 and 30 that spends most of their life on the internet and in virtual reality. They probably work remotely. Um, they may or may not live with roommates on their own. They're unmarried. They really don't have anything to do with politics. They spend their life playing video games. They work their job. They don't really pay any attention to what goes on. This is what the Democrats have done that's so genius. Through their ballot harvesting and mail-in voting, they have found a way to capture them. If you are a middle-aged woman in the suburbs, and let's say you have two or three children, right, and mail-in voting is the law, of the land, guess what's probably going to happen? Your children's votes are going to show up at your door and you're going to call them up and you're going to say, have you voted? And they're going to go, no. And she's going to go, get over here. You're going to vote right now. And they're going, I don't know ma." no, no, it's fine. I'll tell you, I'll tell you who you're going to vote for. And come on over, come on over on Tuesday night. I'm going to cook you dinner. I'm going to make lasagna and you're going to vote and I'm going to mail them in. And you essentially have suburban mothers with two or three kids, maybe even their friends, They're going to come down, and she's essentially harvesting those ballots. Now, those kids wouldn't have shown up on election day to vote. They don't know what's going on. They don't have anything to do. Nothing even motivates them. Even inflation doesn't motivate them. Maybe even abortion doesn't motivate them because they're just not involved enough to care. They don't know what's going on. They're not having sex because young people aren't having sex. Therefore, they're not really needing abortion. Like, they don't have anything to do with it. They don't know who to vote for. You're going to vote for the person with the D next to their name collects those ballots, mails them in, sends them in, and now all of a sudden you have four, five, six people voting D where you might have only had one or two. And you do that times 10,000, 20,000, 30,000, 50,000 households in a state, and that's how you flip an election.
0: That may be the smartest thing that you've ever said to me.
1: That's exactly what is happening today. Uh, That may be
0: the smartest thing. I mean, uh, the Democrats have figured out how to
1: get the lazy vote. That's that's exactly what they've literally gone out and they've harvested it. They've planted the seed by sending all the ballots out. They've waited for it to ripen. They've watered it through talk in the media about abortion, about uh, the war in Ukraine, about fear over atomic uh, war, uh, whatever, whatever you have to do. They've watered it. They've sunned it. And here we are. It's mid-November, and they're going to spend a week and a half, two weeks collecting it, and then they're going to spend another two weeks (laughs) counting it. And yeah, that's why you see these magical charts where all of a sudden, it's not an accident that all the mail-in votes always go ninety percent blue. It's not an accident. And 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 so, but that's not cheating. I don't want people to confuse that. That's not cheating. It's just slimy and manipulative, and you're 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 leveraging the ignorance of your voter base in order to win. And there's just something so weaselly and slimy and nasty about that.
0: You know, and, and I I'm much older than you, um, and uh, my generation, um, I can remember being like sixteen and seventeen, and being already. Interested in politics, and uh, you know, I used to have a couple of friends that we used to sit around and talk politics, like you and I do. And, and uh, I couldn't wait to get old enough to be able to vote. You know what I mean? Uh, as soon as I turned eighteen, I, I registered, and mm-hmm. I could. I mean, my fir- my first uh, vote that I casted was for Ronald Reagan mm-hmm. in nineteen eighty, mm-hmm. and um, he picked a winner. You know, I just, I just, I mean. He, that's where I left off. <laughs> it's been losers from then on in, but um, but but that's the difference in the generations. Uh, there's so many, so many younger people, and I and I, you know, every time I say stuff like that, I think of my my old man, and I and I remember saying as a teenager, I'll never be like my old man. Mm-hmm. Blame everything on the, the our music and our hair and our yeah. you know, um, but God, they're so lazy. They're so lazy. When I mean, uh, you know, the workforce. You know, th- my real job. I see it every day. They're so lazy. They, you know, they, uh, they don't. You know, getting off their ass to go and vote, so be- because they care about the country.
1: Pfft, yeah. No. Nope. nope. Not gonna happen. And Democrats saw that. I think they saw that six years ago when they lost to Trump. I think that Trump Genius. found a way. Trump found a way to light a fire underneath the silent majority that you were talking about. I think that he found a way that these are middle-aged, late middle-aged people in their 50s and 60s that hadn't voted maybe since Reagan, that had stepped away from politics, raised a family, really didn't have anything to do with anything, and he found a way to pull them back in. And he pulled them back in on, on the Republican side of the ticket. And Democrats said, what the heck are we going to do? And I don't think it's a real conspiracy, but I think they took managed to take it take advantage of the fact that the pandemic occurred to change the rules to fundamentally alter them. Um, so that, you know, that they would have an, an advantage at the end because they already had the machine set up. They looked at their assets and they said, how can we change the rules to advantage us?
0: Absolutely genius. Um, now you, you as you said, it was slime. It's slimy. It's not illegal, but
1: dumb people get to vote. Uh, yep. I mean, yeah,
0: <laughs> but do I, is it even worth the effort to try to change it? I mean, there's and a... Can you change it now?
1: I think there's a lot of Republican strategists that are like, well, listen, it's already been two cycles. Democrats basically have taken control. I, I can't speak to the specifics of this, but the, the, the impression that I'm getting is that Democrats have basically taken control of all of the enough state houses, or at least are able to exert enough influence politically at the state level that you're not going to be able to flip those laws back. So you're not going to be able to take away, you're not going to be able to implement voter ID in places where it doesn't exist. You're not going to be able to take away mail-in balloting where it doesn't already exist. You're not going to be able to, um, uh, demand in person election day only. You're not going to be able to do any of that kind of stuff, which is why I think, um, one of the things that bothers me about Trump is he makes stupid promises all the time. He makes legitimate ones, but he also makes stupid ones. And when he made his announcement for 2024, he was like, it's only going to be election day and there's going to be no mail-in. it's like, you can't do that at the federal level. That's not how it works. Yeah, you know, we, we have an electoral college. You're not allowed to do that. But I, that they've gone full black pill, most Republican strategists, and they're now saying this, we need to build the machine that the Democrats already have. That's their thinking. Their thinking is the only reason why the democrats won is because tactically on the ground they played better and we thought we'd be able to change the rules we can't now we can't change the rules and so it's time to play by the new set of rules if we want to win again and
0: uh, and, and uh, you know and the
1: trouble with that is it's a lot easier to do ballot harvesting in new york city than it is in clinton county new york Okay. You can go to an apartment building in New York City and you can collect a thousand ballots in three hours. You knock on a door, you walk ten feet. You knock on a door, you walk ten feet. Okay, good luck doing that in Lewis County, New York. Okay. Knock on a door, drive ten minutes. Knock on a door, drive ten minutes. And half the people whose door you knock on are gonna go, No, I ain't voting, I'm waiting to do it in person. Yeah. It's gonna be very you're gonna need twice as many people and twice the twice the resources, twice the money, twice the area, at least. Depending on the area that you're in, so uh, there's a huge there's a huge advantage on blue for most of these election laws going forward. There's a there's an overwhelming advantage on blue, especially in states that are, you know, uh, kind of um, uh, not toss-up states, but they're states with states like New York and like Michigan, where you have a very heavy area, a very densely populated area, at the southern part the southeastern corner of the state, and then everything else is much more rural. It's going to be very difficult to compete in in areas like that because, again, you can knock on a couple of apartment buildings and you can sway the election by two or 3,000 votes. How do you do? You know, uh, Hamilton County only has 5,000 total residents in the entire county, the third largest county by landmass in New York State, and it only has 5,000 people in it. Even if you got all 5,000 people to vote Republican, it'd be like one apartment building in New York City.
0: So yeah I, and and that's where uh i think the 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 republican party has to be uh has to get much better at figuring out what is important to uh this voter base
1: exactly make an affirmative case for you know, the conservative alternative is what i call it
0: you know and i mean it's funny because uh i i just started uh rereading uh nineteen eighty four you know, it was funny. <laughs> I read it. You're not depressed enough. No, I I, I read it in um, when I was like a, a, a freshman in high school, so it was like 46 years ago. Mm. And um, as I, as I started reading it, I was like, didn't mean anything you know, back then. It, it, yeah, and back then it was kind of it was. I I remember thinking it was kind of weird and uh, kind of kind of you know everything was like you would think I I, I was thinking oh this is Russia, you know you mm. know what I mean big brother Mm -hmm. and uh now i'm i'm thinking holy shit this could be reality you Mm -hmm. know this is uh with
1: technology 100 percent. yeah technology
0: changed everything you know and and of course you know it some of the stuff that he uh he was thinking as as technology now is wouldn't be nothing uh, you know as uh, the the tv screen and 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 uh but anyways i think that uh I think that we need to reach people in in a way, you know, um, the Democrats are really good at scaring people. I don't know if you've ever noticed it, but they're...
1: Sure. That's part of it. Make it hard to vote for your opponent. Yeah, it's
0: like, oh, my God, are you going to vote for him? Mm -hmm. You know, um, and uh, they they, they tend to make it scary. And, um, you know, the Republicans uh, tend to be... it, everything's gonna be all right.
1: Yeah, and they 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 uh campaign with their heads, not with their hearts. And I think you have to do both. I think the definition of to me that's the definition of conservative. <laughs> that's the difference between a conservative and a republican. A Republican is you know, only up here in the head, a Democrat is only down here in a heart. But I think a conservative is able to balance both of those things together. And I think it's time that Republicans and conservatives come together to make an affirmative case, like it's not about scaring the other person, but it's about saying, "Why am I anti-abortion? Why am I pro Second Amendment? Um, why do I believe in protecting women and enhancing the idea of the traditional family? Because I believe that innocent innocent people need to be protected. That that's like the most important thing that government can do. And all of the the Second Amendment exists to protect innocent people. You know,
0: and how do you get <laughs> how do you get the lazy guy to buy into that? You know what I mean? I mean, he's he's he he didn't even care in your scenario didn't even care about wow well, you know okay there's some lasagna into it so I guess I'll uh, or my mom's telling yeah, me yeah mom said to you know you know and um, she won't give me my allowance so why should why does he care about your kids?
1: Well, the the beauty about this system. And I think this is what's good for the Democrats and what could be the downfall of the Democrats is they've basically they've found a way to concentrate the power of, of, let's say, four to six votes through primarily one person. So they happen to already have that one person, mom, let's call her. They already have mom. But if you can convince mom, if you can flip mom, now you flip the six votes behind her as well. So, I think that there is, I think, the other thing to keep in mind is that, and, and this goes to Chuck Schumer's recent press conference, which I'm sure you're aware of, about Amnesty for Illegal Immigrants, yes. called a huge BS on his 11 million number, okay, there's no, there's no number that's more fake than that that I've heard, okay, it's at least 30, maybe 50 million people, but there's no way it's 11, um, you know, you have one group of people that is transing their children that's making them sterile, that's aborting their children, that's handing their children off to other people to educate, that isn't taking an active role in their lives, okay? And then you have, and frankly, isn't having children in general, is having less kids than they were before. And then you have another group of people that's having three, four, five, six, seven kids, they're homeschooling them in pods, Um, they don't Adhere to the transgender ideology. They don't support abortion, even in instances where birth would be extremely inconvenient financially or otherwise. So, okay, let's extend this out over the next hundred years. Who's going to win? You've got a group of people that's reproducing and a group of people that isn't reproducing. You know, demographics, they say demographics is destiny. When they said that, they were talking about the Great Replacement Theory and they were talking about immigrants coming to the United States and changing the culture. But what's happening now is the demographic of conservatives who are having children, not having abortions, and not sterilizing their children in 100 years are going to take over. Um, The real question is, how do you streamline that process and how do you make it so that we don't go through 99 years of hell just to get to the other side where, okay, finally we can start cleaning things up? And that's really what Republicans and conservatives need to focus on, not just nationally, but locally as well. I mean, it's important you make sure your neighborhood stays clean too.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, you know, and uh, to be honest with you, uh, Jeremy, I don't think that, uh, I don't think as a country, uh, you know, or even as uh, a neighborhood, we have that much time. And if uh, if things go into this uh, restructuring and, you uh, the real New Deal, um, trying to get, get it back at, without getting bloody is, I, I think, uh, nearly impossible.
1: It's becoming more difficult as time passes. I know that when we talked last a couple of years ago, I was very um, uh, anti-Civil War. I thought that Civil War wouldn't happen. Um, the truth is, is that in the last two years, I think that we are in a civil war right now, I think it's a different kind. It's a cultural civil war. Mm -hmm. I don't think that civil wars, you know, the more I started looking into civil wars, the more I kind of realized that like, you know, our American civil war from the 1860s doesn't really look like any other civil war that's happened throughout history. Um, uh, The civil war always starts as a cultural one. And the question is, you know, what topics are going to be, moralized to the point where people just can't put up with it anymore. And in the 1860s, that topic was slavery. It took a hundred years, four score and seven years, excuse me, it took 87 years really for us to get to that point. Um, And I'm wondering, you know, what that topic could be because it's, you can't predict it now because like I said, every topic has been moralized. I mean, it won't be tax rates, but is it going to be forced vaccination? Is it going to be abortion? Is it going to be um, gender-affirming care for, you know, kids that claim that they're transgender? Is it going to be this maids thing? Have you heard about this maids thing that's happening in Canada? No. Medical assistance in dying? Oh, my God. This is terrifying. So in Canada, they had, I think, two years ago, they might have passed a law that legalized medical assistance in dying. And originally, it started out, it was like, look, if you're terminal, right, whatever, brain cancer, pancreatic cancer, whatever it is, and you know that it's going to be a tough road ahead, we want to make sure, this was the ideology, we want to make sure that you have access to all the help, and if, and if it's time for you to off yourself, if you want to go off on your own terms, we understand. Okay, that's how it started, okay? Then it became, well, death doesn't really have to be imminent, Right? If you're, let's say, 65 or 70 years old, and let's say you've got type 2 diabetes, and things aren't looking too good, maybe things are going to start getting really expensive, maybe, you know, in 20 years we might have to start cutting off your body parts or something like that due to lack of circulation, and maybe you don't really want to go through that, okay, well, we'll add you to what they I think they called it type 2 medical assistance in dying, Okay. Now there's a push for them to expand it into mental health, areas of mental health, which you've already seen. You've already seen people in Europe decide to volunteer to off themselves uh, because they're so depressed, or because they're an alcoholic, and they can't get over it, you've seen, I've read multiple cases of that happening, especially in the Netherlands, where people are alcoholics, they just can't get over it, and they decide that they're going to off themselves, and they do it legally, they don't jump off a bridge, they don't blow their heads off with a gun, they go, and they get a series of medications from their doctor, uh, and I just, see, I just, I see the line, it's not even about slippery slope, at this point, it's not a slippery slope, I mean, how long, how much of a jump is it from your depressed, I mean, when you're depressed, when you're an alcoholic, you have a disease, you're mentally ill. How can you give consent to something like that? You can't. It can't be done. And yet, that's what's happening right now. And, and where
0: does it end? I mean... Uh, you know it, where, it, the where the, next, it, you know it, where the is, next step is? The guy who can't fit into this pair of pants.
1: Prisons. That's where it's going. Oh. Uh, that's where it's going. That's the next stop. The next stop is wow, you have a life sentence? That would really suck to be stuck in here for your entire life. You know what? You could just take these pills and go to sleep, and that'll be the end of it. And it'll save the government $100 million a year because we won't have to house you. No, no, it's not capital punishment. We're not forcing this on you, right? We're just allowing you to take this option if that's what you want. I mean, that's that's where we're going. I mean, that's what's happening right and now. I mean, it, and, and
0: that, would fit, that fits in perfectly, like I said, with this restructuring and, uh, that, that they're trying to bring down the population total. Um, they, uh, for, they'll tell you it's for the planet or, uh, for people's own goods. And they, and no, we're doing things like you said to, to no, 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 this is for you. This is for us. This is for you.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, we want you to have the option, yeah, the freedom.
0: We, that's right. It's, it's part of your freedoms. You 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 want to off yourself? Go ahead. Um, but the thing is, is control is easier when the numbers are lower. Yeah,
1: that's you know part I mean? of it for it, sure. It,
0: it, if you're going to try to control the uh, the masses, then uh, the the numbers have to be smaller. The the uh, um, I mean, we could go on. We could do just a whole show on this, Jeremy. So, um, you know, but before we get off on a too far of a, a tirade on that, um, all right, we're gonna end it right there for today. Um, and we'll uh, pick it up again next time uh, in part three. Um, until next time, I'm Ken Lambert.